Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 724 for the second of Kislev in a regular year. So today we're going to be talking about prayer. And we're going to be talking about the unique power of prayer that really supersedes anything else in terms of our service of God. So we're beginning a new essay today in Kuntra Zahra, and this is essay four. And this essay is uh, quite a lengthy essay, and it's going to be exploring different aspects of our service of God. There's, and to kind of, if we wanted to categorize our service of God, there's kind of three general categories that we can um, compartmentalize our service of God into. There's Torah study, right? There's doing mitzvahs, and then there's prayer. And each one of these has a distinct power to it, a distinct advantage. And we're going to explore all of this. And today's focus is really going to be on prayer. And as we'll learn today, what's really fascinating about prayer is that in a certain sense, prayer is actually the lowest of all these things. Why is it the lowest? Because Torah and mitzvahs, these are godly things. These are like, you know, they're coming directly from God. We've talked about many times in the Tanya how the Torah is God's wisdom. Mitzvahs are God's will. So what's prayer? What does prayer come, fit into this? Prayer is from us. Prayer is our own creation. Yes, you know, we got to the point that we're now, uh, we, most of us daven from the same sitter every day that, you know, it's a ritualized kind of thing. But where did these rituals come from? Where did the sitter come from? This, these came from men. This was our creation. This was our initiative, uh, which, you know, how can we p- compare that to God? And indeed, it actually is taught that, uh, in, in the Mishnah that Torah is, supersedes everything, that there's nothing greater than Torah, including prayer. So nevertheless, we'll, as we'll learn today, the Arizal taught that the main focus of today's generation, the main way that we can elevate the sparks, which we'll discuss this a little bit, and we have discussed it before previously as well, is through prayer. And the basic res- reconciliation to this quandary is the fact that specifically because prayer is kind of like on this lower rung, that it's like it doesn't have the same origin, the same high source as Torah and mitzvahs do, can it actually affect the physical world and change the physical world in a way that the other two cannot? Um, so why is that? So we're going to get into like kind of the technicalities today as we get go through the text and try to unravel the text. But a basic overview of the idea is that Torah and uh, and mitzvahs, because they're attached to this place that's so high up there, that w- this this place that we have referred to as Atsilus, which is united with God, this is like kind of like their home base, so to speak. Then when we do Torah, when we learn Torah or when we perform mitzvahs, what we're doing is that we are 
increasing light in Attilus, which shouldn't be uh, diminished. That's, that's a very big thing to do, right? We're increasing, we're sort of like, by our words of Torah down here, by the mitzvahs we perform down here, we're kind of like letting the source of these mitzvahs become um, lit up to become activated, so to speak, and become revealed. And we do feel the effects of this down here because everything that happens above has a trickle down effect down here in our world. However, just like if you think about like, you know, activating a kind of machinery that at any kind of machinery that a person might activate, like let's say you have like a washing machine or, you know, whatever it is, if you push that button to activate the machinery for it to activate, it's going to, it has certain rules that it abides by and it, and it's going to activate in the specific way that the rules tell it to. So just like in Atsilas, you know, there's God's wisdom and there's God's will, and there's a certain like kind of, um, it's very set. We see that the mitzvahs have very set parameters to it. The Torah is very set in stone as to what that is, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It's all extremely intentional and it's all very purposeful for, um, for it to come down and translate into the world in which we live. However, th- what's really revolutionary about prayer, and this is where uh, we'll see the revolutionary aspect of prayer, is that prayer can go beyond this. How can prayer go beyond this? Because prayer is a product of compromise, so to speak. What do I mean by this? So whereas Torah and mitzvahs are sourced in the world of Atsilas, prayer is actually sourced in the world's of Bia, of Bria which are lower than Attilus, uh, which are time bound, which only really came about as a result of the Shvera the shattering of the vessels, which we spoke about before. So just to give you kind of like a, a brief overview, a brief, brief recap of this idea of the shattering of the vessels. Um, originally, there was this world called Tohu. This world is in, literally means chaos in Hebrew. And in that world, what happened was all of the spheres existed in this like very pristine state, but they were so pristine and they were so each one of them manifested godliness in such a perfect way that there was no room for them to coexist. So they kind of like bashed heads and clashed heads, like, you know, having too many CEOs in one room kind of thing. Um, you know, they just like all collided and it created this, uh, explosion and the explosion turned into this this shattering of the vessels. The vessels could not contain these, these lights. And due to that shattering of the vessels, then another world came about, which was the world of Tikkun, the world of rectification in which all of these lights were able to exist in a more compromised and a more moderate kind of way, more mediated, so to speak, which is good on the one hand. On the other hand, it is a compromise. And our goal, our role, this is where humanity comes in, is to specifically find all of the fallen sparks and elevate them back to their source so that now we can have this real true rectification where uh, where there can be this fullness within the vessels. And don't get me wrong, this definitely is accomplished to a great extent through our Torah and mitzvahs down here in this world, specifically the mitzvahs, because the mitzvahs, we do we do mitzvahs using physical objects. And we've spoken about this at length in Tanya, that when we do physical mitzvahs, we're using the physical world in a godly way, and this elevates the sparks that are found within the physical objects. Nevertheless, it, it, just Torah mitzvahs itself without the prayer is like, it's, it's still very much, you're in the system. You're like working within the boundaries of the system. And the Shreya Sekelim is such an intense event. It's such a, 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 a crazy thing that happened that like, in order to really get into this rectification, to for the true rectification to happen, we have to 
kind of deviate from the system a little bit, you know, kind of like just like the rebels sometimes accomplish things that other people can't, people who kind of think outside the box. And that's where prayer comes in because it's specifically prayer. That's our initiative that comes from below, that comes from what are called the mind nukvim, the lower waters. That's our initiative. And, and it's, and yes, it's coming from Bia. It's coming from those lower worlds, but by virtue of it coming in from the lower worlds, ironically, it can actually perhaps we can say it can actually tap into the higher worlds, into what's known in Hebrew as the name of Sag of, of God, Samach Gimel, which corresponds to God's level of Keter. So with all of that being said, let's get into um, the text and, and see that, look at, look at the Altar Abba's uh, breakdown of all of this. And again, it does get kind of technical. We are in Kuntur Sa'achran, which gets pretty technical, but just bear with it and kind of keep these basic premises in mind because I tried to really give over in the introduction, the basic overview of, of the main point that's coming out here, which is this true power that prayer has that, um, and what it can accomplish in a way that is over and above even learning Torah or doing mitzvahs. So for context, as I mentioned, we're beginning a new essay today. It's essay four in Kuntur Zaharan. And as, and you know, as, as you may have noticed in these Kuntur Zaharan, there's often like a, a certain passage or a certain part of Kabbalah, of, of a Kabbalistic source that the ultra of hones in on and he uh and he he uses that as the basis of his exploration so for today he explores something from the pre which was written down by rabbi chaim vital who we mentioned was the main student of the Arizal. so there's a statement made in the pre that nowadays the main bearer the main rectification is through tefillah is through prayer and this at first glance seems a little peculiar says the ultra Rabbit, because learning Torah is above prayer. So what do we mean by the fact that it's above prayer? Well, there's, there's this idea that through Torah and mitzvahs, we add light into the world of Atsilas. Or to be more specific, when we learn Torah, then we're adding light into the vessels in the world of, of Atsilas in an in inner way meaning that it's coming from the mind because the mind is like an inner kind of pneumious power. And so when we learn Torah, we're drawing light, we're, we're sending light into the vessels of Atsilas in this inner kind of way. And when we are engaged in mitzvahs, then we draw light into the outer part of the vessels. So learning Torah brings light into the inner part of the vessels of Atsilas and doing mitzvahs brings light into the outer parts of the vessels of Atsilas. Which, what are the outer parts of the vessels of Atsilas? This is the aspect of the Netzachod and Yesod, um, which are the, the three external emotive attributes that are found in the ten spheres of the Zer Anpin that's in Atsilas. So that's a bit of a mouthful, and it's, uh, you know, again, getting really into the nitty-gritty of the technicalities of the map there. But the main thing, the main point of this section is just to, to tell us that when we learn Torah, what we're doing is we are drawing light into the inner aspect of the Kalim of Atsilas, and when we do mitzvahs, then we're drawing light into the outer aspect of the Kalim of Atsilas. And then what happens afterwards, after, the, after we learn Torah and mitzvahs, then there's like a trickle-down effect that happens. There's... This, these, these Torah and mitzvahs become, uh, maluvash, become vested within the lower worlds of Briades here in Asira in the Torah and mitzvahs that the physical Torah and mitzvahs that are found in our world. So there's sort of like this like back and forth effect that it's like we learn Torah and we do mitzvahs and it taps into the source of the Torah and mitzvahs up there and then it draws back down and like kind of like influences their Torah and mitzvahs down here, which is a great thing, right? And it's very powerful. But now we're going to talk about prayer and we're going to say that prayer is something different. What is prayer? So prayer, 
what it does is it draws down the, the infinite light of God um, from Bria Yitzhira and Asiya specifically. And, um, and so it's so it's not Atsilas. It's not connected to Atsilas. It's connected to the lower worlds. So at first glance, yes, it's a lower thing, right? And it is. It's sourced in a lower place. However, the, by virtue of the fact that it's connected to these lower worlds, then it actually is drawing down light from those worlds in a way that's not... Uh, in investments. It's not like uh, clothed within anything. So there's the key difference is that in when we do Torah mitzvahs, the Torah mitzvahs, they te- you, we're, dra- we're um, adding light into the worlds of Atsilas and then that light uh, of the world of Atsilas becomes clothed and then that uh, in that clothed state, it goes down into the lower worlds. But when we do prayer, we can tap into those lower worlds without clothing, without garments, and a more direct kind of way, in a, in, without that extra clothing kind of thing. So it's actually we're actually tapping into the light, not the light as it's clothed, with the way uh, the light gets clothed with Torah mitzvahs, but with at, but we're actually tapping into that light, and that's why when we actually tap into the light in that on that level of the Brea this light can actually change creations as they are. So, uh, what does this mean practically? Um, it can heal sick people. Uh, it can cause rain to fall to the ground, to the the earth. Um, and we can cause vegetation to grow, right? So this is all the things we pray for. Like when we pray for a sick person, uh, to heal, actually, our prayers can actually affect the difference here. And it's specifically because prayers tap into this level that's connected so much to the world. So because it's like we're kind of in the realm of world, we're in the realm of, of temporality, we'll see, of the realm of time, it's that limitation specifically that gives it the power to actually affect changes in that place, which is not the case with Torah and Mitzvahs because... With Torah and mitzvahs, then if somebody puts on tefillin, for example, they're not actually changing the the tefillin strap. Like, okay, so a person's doing Torah, uh, doing tefillin, and they're yes, they're drawing down divine light uh, when they're doing that that act of tefillin, but they're not actually the tefillin doesn't change, right? It's like it's not it's the same tefillin. It's not anything doesn't change into anything different. And then what about the case of like when the mitzvah itself is the making of the thing, then we can say, oh, so see, so it's like the mitzvah actually does draw, draw down this light that changes something. No. And so like in the case of like, for example, if we make a sukkah, right, a person could say like, oh, look, see, there is a change that's happening through my mitzvah uh, fulfillment. So I am affecting change in the world. Yeah, you're affecting change in the world, but it's a human thing. It's not the, it's not the same thing like with prayer. You're the one, obviously, you know, uh, Everything we do has God, God is active, animating us and, you know, vivifying us and all that stuff like we talked about before. But practically speaking, you're the one that's making the sukkah, which is the difference, different when it comes to prayer. That when we pray, you know, for God to heal a sick person and then the person gets healed, we didn't heal that person. God healed the person, right? So what we're doing when we pray is that we're actually drawing down vitality from the infinite God that God, God himself can do. So it's, we're, we're tapping into God himself. And in order to do this, in order for this to happen, for us to tap into this divinity in this way, we need to have this arousal of the waters below, of the arousal from below, the mind nukvin, the feminine waters that we've spoken about previously, um, which is not the case when we talk about Torah, learning Torah, uh, which is totally connected to its source already. So there's no mind nukvin elevation. Like when a person learns Torah, they're tapping into something that's way high up above already. It's not that they're like elevating feminine waters. It's that they're, we're just tapping into something that exists already above versus the 
the Ha'alat Ma'in Nukvin, the elevation of the feminine waters that happens during prayer, is uh, is 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 called a Rishve Ish. It's it's likened to a Rishve Ish. This is like a boundless flame of fire that was infinite. And it's this is what we refer to as modecha, um, with loving God with all of your might, like with your entire self. And so it's like when we when we pray, we're basically like we're especially this is you know obviously we should be praying with great intensity here. We're giving over ourselves to God. It's like we're really sacrificing our own self to God. We're not just when we do, when we um, learn Torah or when we do mitzvahs. Sure, we're, you know, we're, we're using our minds at that moment to learn Torah. We're using our body to do the mitzvahs, but to actually take from yourself, from this like more inner way, like your actual, like when you, when you daven, your innards are like, you're really, you know, giving yourself over, pouring out your heart to God. This is a true arousal from below that's likened to this like boundless flame of fire. And this is what arouses the uh, divinity of godliness from an infinite way. And this happens, the technically speaking, this is where it gets a little technical. This happens through the Gvoris of Sag, which are the 288 sparks um, that fell during the the Shvarasekhalin. So not so important to get into here, but basically we're tapping into like a very, very high level. The level, the name of Sag of God um, is the source of these 288 sparks. And this is why, now we can understand why it is that the Gemara refers to prayer, tefillah, as being chayesha'a. That's found in Masachat Shabbos, page 10a, versus the Gemara there refers to Torah as being olam, eternal life. So at first glance, that really seems to be like we're saying that Torah is much is much um, greater, more superior, right? Because what's um, life of the moment, chayesha, or like temporal life? What's what's superior, temporal life or eternal life? Eternal life sounds like it's much more superior. However, the ultra over here is turning all of this on its head, and he and he's saying chayesha, temporal life, um, life of the moment. This is actually a reference to malchus. This is a reference because malchus is the source of time, and this malchus is that part of itzilus, the malchus of itzilus. That comes down and is manifest in the worlds of Briates here in Asia. So it's much more. We live. We are bound by time. So yes, it's a it's a lower level on the one hand. On the other hand, this is our world. So it's like when we pray, we're tapping into things that relate very much to our world. Versus Chaye Olam as a reference to Zer Anpin, which is above Malchus. Uh, so and this is and and. Um, and this is referenced to in the fact that the 248 positive commandments of the Torah uh, divide into ten the 10 vessels of the 10 spheres of Zah, etc. So again, very Kabbalistic ending over there. But, uh, but the basic idea, so just to conclude all of this, is that, yes, Torah is very high. Torah and Metzah is very, very high. They're all, they're related to the world of Atsilis. But kind of like their um, advantage is also their disadvantage because they're so lofty and they're so high up there that they can't actually affect change in the physical world the way that prayer can. Because prayer, by virtue of its limitation, by virtue of the fact that it is it is connected, spiritually speaking, to the more temporal worlds, the worlds of Briah, and Asiya, it can affect our temporal reality and it can actually change 
the world. It can change things in our lives. So that's it for today. And so hopefully this will really encourage you with your prayers that it's not just like words that we say. We can actually truly affect reality. We can actually change the world. And I, sh- I should um, reiterate though, it's not us changing the world. That's the, that's why it's, it works in such a powerful way because when we pray, what we're doing, doing is we're eliciting from God so that God actually changes reality. Uh, Cause we can't do that versus when it comes to Torah and mitzvahs, it's like we're kind of limited to the Torah we learn or, uh, and, um, and the mitzvahs we perform. That's our limitation. So we draw down as much godliness as we can based on our actions. So it's, it is in, interestingly, somewhat paradoxically, it's Torah and mitzvahs are more limited to our humanity kind of, and like what we put into it kind of versus when it comes to prayer, it's not when we pray by virtue of the fact that it's coming from within us, which we are limited beings. This actually taps into a place that is actually more directly divine, even by virtue of it coming from a lower place. And then we affect, we, we basically, um, arouse God, elicit from God to change things in reality. So in simple terms, when we pray, like let's say we pray to uh, have a sick person be healed, we are basically arousing and calling upon God to heal the sick person. So we didn't heal that sick person through our prayers. However, our prayers did elicit this response from above. So keep praying everybody and uh, we'll continue with the, along these lines tomorrow when we keep going with this essay and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.